Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Transformation Gold Podcast. I am your hostess and your coach, Nicole DeVincentis, a.k.a. FigaChick911, up on Instagram and YouTube with that. Coming to you tonight with a topic that falls along the lines of your professional development, but it also applies to areas of your personal development as well. So when we coach and train, we do personal and professional development hand in hand because the topics apply to both. And let's face it, what impacts your personal life impacts your professional life. And typically what impacts your professional life also impacts your personal life. So in our views, like they're one in and of the same But whatever brings you on this podcast tonight, so welcome to you, I invite you to take the the topics and the examples and the trainings that we're laying down here and applying it to what may be the pain point in your life, the plateau that you have reached, and use these these tidbits, these pearls of wisdoms, these tactics and strategies to solve your particular conundrum or just take yourself to the next level. Okay. And please, by all means, if you know individuals who could benefit from this coaching and training, invite them onto the podcast. Okay. Feel free to share it. Better yet, contact us directly and we can work with you individually, your team, your agency, so that you have that personalized coaching and training that's going to assist you and help you achieve your goals and dominate your particular sector, okay? So you can contact us directly at transformationgold.org, hit the contact us link, and either myself or somebody from my team will contact you within 24 hours and we'll get you rocking and rolling, okay? Cool. All right, let's get into tonight's call. And again, we're talking along the lines of personal and professional development, most specifically on setting yourself apart from the average Joe. How do you do that? If you have two candidates for a job, what makes somebody shine more so than somebody else? If individuals have a talent, okay, what makes one person's talents like they're able to optimize them as opposed to anybody else? Okay, so no matter how you look at it, it really, it comes back to you. It comes back to your ability, your drive, more so than ability, your drive and your willingness to push on the accelerator and propel yourself to the next level and be the one who separates yourself from what we call the average Joe, just what everybody else is doing. And what we're going to do tonight is we're going to dovetail into a previous podcast, which was actually episode 104, was talking about enhancing customer service. Okay, and so this doesn't matter if you're an employee, if you're an employer, if you're a manager, if you run um, a charitable organization, you're in in charge of teams, you're, you're building teams, however this is like this applies like up and down, back and forth. Customer service is like a key, key, key skill to have, especially in today's economy. Okay, like you cannot afford to have shitty customer service. It just, it will not lend you and and put keep you in a good position. I guarantee you that. 
okay? But tonight we're talking about, you know, separating yourself from the average Joe. And one of the ways that you can do that, hands down, is by developing awesome, awesome customer service skills. All right. Now, in that episode 104, we dial into some of the basics, things like in making like a wow customer experience. Okay, so that when your customers, your guests, or even if you are operating in, let's say, healthcare, and as you know, I come from a healthcare background, and I did not like calling my patients customers. It pissed me off the very first time I saw that on a piece of paper. I was like, they're not my customers. They're our patients. Like, I, I, I never called them that. So this applies to your patients as well. But that customer, that patient experience, like, how do you create an experience for them that when they leave, they're literally like, holy crap. Nobody else does this as awesome as you guys do. Like, even they may even come to you with a problem. Like, they're there, there's this major catastrophe which is going on, and you have this innate skill. And it is it becomes so, like, ingrained in you and a part of who you are that you're able to take any nasty situation and turn it around into an experience where your customer your guest, your client, your patient, whomever this is. This could even apply to like members of a board. Like if you're operating in that space, like they walk away with that wow experience. Like, holy crap, man. Like they they are 100% like a list for real. Like they've got their shit dialed in. Like I, 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 this is, they probably over delivered more. I never even expected this. I'm literally leaving with a smile on my face, even though I walked in there like ready to, you know, I had like nails coming out, like shooting out of my eyeballs. I was so enraged. Okay. Or even just in a day-to-day transaction, like you go to the grocery store and uh, how many times have you passed through the checkout line? If you still have people who are, or who hold those jobs and it's not, you know, all bots and and automations (laughs) where it's like the person behind the cashier is like dead and they're just like bleep, bleep. And like, they don't talk to you. They don't make eye contact with you. Like their shirts hanging out. They're just like slouching over. And you're just like, like you try to talk to them. You're like, Hey, what's up? How's your day? And they're just like, and you leave the store and you're like, why, why do I feel like there's like a dark cloud? Like, Woo. And you're pretty sure it's not just because like they had one bad moment. Like you're pretty sure like that's their primary operating system, right? Like who wants to be around that? Nobody wants to be around that. I mean, if there was ever a time when you have tremendous opportunity to literally leverage what essentially is your competitor's weakness, your competitor's vulnerability of crappy customer service, this is the time to do it, right? And make it one of your dominant strengths. And it's not fake. It's like seriously through and through so that when people are dealing with you on the personal or professional front, like they know who you are, they know exactly what they're getting with you and you're building a reputation. You're actually establishing your personal and professional brand by making that part of who you are and continuing to raise the bar. 
Okay. Now this is going to take some time. This is not like a one and done series. When you're separating yourself from the average Joe, there's going to be times when you can kind of like fly in. You can be a super producer, high level performer. You can do, you know, some magnanimous tasks. But when we're talking about like your professional development, this is something that's created and curated over time. Okay, just to align your expectations out. And I don't say that as a deterrent, but just so that you know, like we're in this for the long game and you have to have that consistency and ability to be better than the average Joe, to separate yourself from the average Joe, not just when times are easy, but when times are incredibly stressful, that you don't cave and you don't give in because you're tired or you're (laughs) like me, I get hangry, you know, when I'm hungry, like you don't use excuses. you, You don't allow the argument that you had with your significant other that happened to half an hour before you got to work, like infiltrate your work. Like you are always like a hundred percent on your game. You are an A player. Like that's going to be a serious key driver for you to be the best that you can possibly be. And ultimately be the best in your space, regardless of who else shows up. Now, that may sound like a tall order, but I'm telling you, when you get in the habit of aiming super, super high, and I know for a lot of people, that may be in and of itself completely uncomfortable for you because you may not know anybody who aims their goals to be the best, or you may feel like I'm so far away from that, like I... I, would be more comfortable if I set like a low level goal over here. You can do that. But here's what I have learned personally and in coaching hundreds and probably thousands of people. I think we're up in the thousands now of people over the years is that underperformance hurts you worse than anything else. And what I mean by that is dampening your shine, lowering your goals, trying to fit into a little box so that you are shoulder to shoulder with what everybody else is doing and not allowing yourself to rise and step up into your greatness and into your potential. Okay, what if Michael Jordan did that? What if Michael Jordan was just like, you know, I don't really need to be the best. And, you know, there was that whole time, you know, I got, you know, kicked off of, I I didn't even make, was it his freshman year of, of high school basketball? He got cut from the team or something like that. And, you know, what if instead of, you know, practicing all these hours, I just, you know, let me just do what everybody else, just so I could make the cut. Okay. Or somebody like Michael Phelps. Okay. He's like one of the most decorated Olympic swimmers, probably Olympic athletes of all times. What if he was just like, you know, I don't really need to be in the pool like 12 hours a day because probably I'm still going to be able to win. And you know what? Even if I don't get all goals, like I know that I'll probably still place. And even if I don't get all medals, I'll probably, I'm still going to qualify. I mean, what if I just, you know, do that? I mean, how disruptive and like how disappointing. I mean, it sounds ridiculous because it's so not who they are. Okay, and so I'm going to challenge you from the get go to be that person who raises the bar on your own levels of performance in the areas that are most important to you. 
Okay, this could be your work, this could be your, your, your marriage, hopefully, like you're allowed to be selective in the areas. But when you are selective, and you want to have magnanimous results, magnanimous results require magnanimous input. Okay, and here's the other thing. Motivation is a responsibility of yours. Because let's face it, there's going to be days when you would honestly rather be doing anything else than pounding on your craft, putting in extra time, reading extra books, listening to extra podcasts, you know, practicing a skill over and over and over again, you know, getting knocked down, standing back up. Like there's going to be days when you just have plain out, are exhausted, you have had it, and you just seriously don't feel like it. This is where the discipline of, of, motivation, self-motivation, and having the habit of discipline to continue to show up even when you don't feel like it works to your advantage. Okay, and that in and of itself is a ridiculously high goal because I know what it's like to have that high level of demand on yourself that it's just, it's easy to talk yourself out of doing the work. Well, just this once. Oh, I'll just watch this TV show. Oh, maybe this is more important. Oh, this. Oh, that. Oh. And when you start to make those exceptions like that, that's when you start to see breakdowns in the foundation of the thing that you're looking to create. And that's always when you get less than stellar results. Okay, so around here, when you're listening and you're coaching and training with with me or with anybody on my team, anybody within this organization, we seriously are about becoming awesome. Like we have a saying, it's why be average when you can be awesome. And with that comes the developmental tools to, to assist you in being comfortable in your own skin. Because when you are the best, when you are awesome, it, it's, it creates a separation between you and most of the people in your immediate circle. And it can be very, very uncomfortable at times. You will have changes and losses in your relationships. You will have people talking about you. But I'm here to tell you, like, that's how you know that you're actually making moves. If you don't have people talking about you, if you don't have any kind of friction in the relationships, and I know that that's coming out sounding so wrong, especially if you come with a strong spiritual backing that you want to be kind and loving with other people. I'm not teaching this in exclusion to, you know, your faith journey. I, what I'm doing is I'm merely highlighting habits of success to get you the results that you want in a given area. Okay. And then, you know, maybe one day we can talk about how to, how do you massage this and, and stay in, in God's walk. Okay. In the meantime, you know, hit up Proverbs and they'll tell you a bunch of stuff not to do. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. So then let's get back to this whole topic of how do you separate yourself from the average Joe? Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. This is one of the things that um, got me thinking about this. So I work um, part time. I actually am working in retail. So let me start from the beginning, because maybe some of you who are on this podcast, this is a brand new um listening like you've never been here before welcome to you and welcome to our loyal listeners awesome to have all of you here thank you for taking the time to listen again my name is Nicole DeVincentis and I actually um, I started 
a whole new endeavor for myself. I come from a nursing background. I have 20 plus years as a registered nurse and my background was critical care, emergency and trauma. Um, my major goal with working as a clinical nurse was to become a flight nurse for one specific helicopter program called Loyola Lifestar. Um, it went through a series of changes as healthcare has changed over the years and went from being a private um, hospital operation and contract um, program to becoming what was at the time a publicly traded company. And so there was a lot of volatility that happened in there. Um, but long story short, um, I left the profession of nursing um, because I had achieved, you know, my biggest goal. And at the time, there really weren't other goals that I was looking to to fulfill. Like I tried going back to school. I took a couple of grad classes. It just it just was not right. Um, I was thinking about becoming, you know, a nurse anesthetist. It, that wasn't the right fit. Like I did a lot of different things before. It became pretty clear that all of my coachings and trainings along the way were actually developing the leader in me to a point where it's very hard to go back and and be what's the, what am I trying to say? It's very hard to not be in charge after I've been operating autonomously for so long. Like I will 100% own that. But what I will tell you is that one of the reasons why it has been so hard for me to be in that role was the levels of leadership above me were lacking. And it's hard to submit to a leader who does not have strong leadership skills. So what I'm here to tell you is that the process of recreating yourself, I will tell you as a woman, that I, I believe in, you know, traditional models of like men and women's relationships, that if you're like in a romantic relationship, I believe that the woman like submits to the man. I know this is getting off topic, but I'm sharing with you some details about, you know, uh, where I come from, like what drives me, what my operating system is so that, you know, we can have a point of connection here. And like, you will come to learn that all the decisions that I have made in my life are done very intentionally. And for me, that's one of the things that has separated me from the average Joe is that I do not take life. I do not take personal life. I do not take professional life like flippantly. I take it very seriously. And while I am very adept at making very high level decisions on a moment's notice, okay, as, as evidenced by, you know, operating as a flight nurse, I'm dealing with human life. Like there's times, you know, myself, a lot of the responsibility defaulted to the nurse rather than, you know, the whole entire flight team there. But being decisive in those moments, like you, your decisions impact that person, your decisions impact their family. And it's the same level of intentionality and high degree of responsibility that obviously I take with my own life. And so when 
I was restarting a career front for me. There was a lot of vagueness in what it was that I was going to do because really that the only professional goal that I ever had for myself was to become the flight nurse. And once I had achieved that, it was kind of like, <laughs> so what now what? And so the, this whole entire like podcasting and everything that I've been doing on social media really has been a journey for me to stretch my legs you know, get a, get a get a walk out there and see exactly where is it that I want to hone in on with that same level of drive and passion and and commitment to excellence that I had with my nursing career. And so I'll tell you, like it started out as being um, I had a gluten free and allergen free baking line. That was actually how this whole thing got started. And everything that I've done on the personal professional development front came from my business plan for that company. And as I was sharing, you know, some of the, the details of my company, you know, just within my network, the, the things that I was bringing in personal and professional development for my my yet to be hired employees, other employers wanted that stuff for their own people. And so as things evolved, things, you know, the whole business model took like an abrupt turn and it, it had become largely a coaching and training company, which has been so awesome. And I, I, I totally love it. For me, the challenge was if this is going to be the business, then how do I monetize this? And so I had to learn and still am learning. How do you market? How do you market via word of mouth? How do you then position yourself as a business owner when your network knows you as the nurse? So it was, it's, it's been like a whole entire thing, not to mention the fact that when you take an abrupt turn with your career, your income structure changes radically. And so to constantly be positioning yourself as a leader amidst times of financial fluctuations, financial like uh, catastrophes that were seemingly like there was like five years of financial hardship. And it was like, I, I kept a very, very tight lip on a lot of shit just because for me, I've always been the person that everybody who's freaking out goes to when they need to have shit handled. Like I call myself, I'm like the transition queen and I am the help that the help calls when the help calls help. And so when I'm in a situation where, holy crap, like this is like, <laughs> oh my God, like this is actually causing me to like lose sleep at night. It's causing me to be in a near state of panic and a point where I can't even like see, uh, I can't even see above water. Like I'm freaking drowning over here. It, I had learned very early on in the, pro in the process after a series of multiple repeated attempts on sharing my situation with people who were close to me, people who, you know, were my friends and my associates that none of that stuff could come out. And so so the next level of recreating yourself and moving yourself to a higher level and setting yourself apart from the average Joe comes with how you actually deal with stress and pressure. And it has not been 100% like fail proof through the years and anybody who's in business for themselves or anybody who works in sales on commission can tell you like as there's ebbs and flows in your income structure that that 
for me, unequivocally, causes such a deep unrest that I haven't fully mastered yet. That things come out and, and, you know, you lose sleep and then you get tired. It becomes like this vicious circle. So what I'm finding is that all of the skills that I had mastered as a flight nurse of commanding my emotionality and remaining up in my power 100% of the time amidst times of trial in the flight nurse capacity they didn't the the pressure that was there it didn't really affect me obviously because it was somebody else's emergency barring the times when i was you know in the face of like physical harm when you know people were punching and kicking and throwing me into the wall and things you know barring when my physical safety was in immediate jeopardy it, this the emergency did not impact me it was always somebody else's emergency Okay, but when it's you and now you're learning new skill sets, that whole entire walk was actually very, very lonely. And it continues to be lonely until you move to your next level. And then you start to acquire different individuals into your circle, into your network who who share an experience with you. Like, no, you can't talk about this other kind of shit. You have to become tougher than what you were before. And so that has been the challenge. Okay. And I will tell you that that is a gift and it, by the same token, has created a wider chasm between me and some of the individuals with whom I know and I would say used to associate with, but it's just like your circle changes over time. And it still is what separates you from the average Joe, because now when people get to know me, aside from the times when I'm like, deadbeat, tired, and weary, like to the point where I could just fall down and cry. I'm so tired. For the most part, everybody clearly says to me all the time, like, you are just wired completely different. And I know that it, for them, they're kind of, I don't know if the word is intimidated by it, but there's a, like a fear factor around it. I take it as a compliment because I'm telling you that means that there's been a lot of growth that has come about, <laughs> but it's that goal to become better than the average Joe, because if you're going to be in business for yourself, you're going to go out and begin your own new endeavor. Whatever that looks like, working in a, in a service capacity, working in a sales capacity, whatever this is, is there's so much noise out there today that you have to do something that separates you from other competitors, other individuals, other businesses, other people who have the same skill sets as you, and that falls on your shoulders in order to do that. But you have to have, I think, a lot of moxie and you have to be very, very clear on the direction that it is that you're going, even if you don't always know the vehicle that you're taking to get you to your end goal, okay? So you always want to know, like you want to be committed to your end goal, but you want to remain unattached to the vehicles or vehicle in which you use to get there because things constantly change. Does that make sense? But Again, it falls back to the your ability to become fluid and adept to adapt to a situation and respond to a situation rather than to react to it. And again, that's another thing that separates you from the average Joe. Okay? Now, all of that to tie into tonight's podcast about 
you know, let's talk about separating yourself from the average Joe. And here is what kind of inspired this. So I said that I work in retail or if I didn't. So I come from that nursing background. Okay. So I did that for like, you know, 20 something years. And when I was moving into business for myself, the only idea of business that I ever had was sole proprietorship, um, working as like a waitress and a bartender, which I did as I worked my way through nursing school. And then 20 years of what has become the business of healthcare. And then a little bird's eye of, um, When I worked as a waitress, I worked in Olive Garden and I worked at a couple of the different franchise um, sites. And so I had some like very, I think, superficial knowledge of like how some of the business operations worked, but that was it. And when I moved into business for myself, I wanted to start with a clean slate and rather than go through healthcare and say like I wouldn't do this if I was in business like I learned not to do this like I learned a lot of stuff of what not to do in business from healthcare I wanted the example of what to do and for me I have been a lifelong literally like lifelong customer of Crate and Barrel I bought my very first Crate and Barrel item when I was leaving for college and it was always like it's been one of those store stores where you walk in there, everything is like super beautiful and like I could seriously like live in the store. And so I decided to take a part-time job and um, it just so happened that Crate and Barrel was hiring one year. And so I applied as a seasonal and everything is done online, like the application process. And I remember all I typed in like, you know, tell us about yourself. All I typed in the field in all capital letters was I could live in that store. And I sent the application in. Well, don't you know, I get a call back and they invited me to come in and interview. And so when I interviewed with the general manager, with the GM, the first thing that he said to me was, um, and let me back up. When I was speaking with the initial woman who was like, I don't know if she was from human resources or who, who it was intake. She told me, she said, this is kind of bizarre because we actually, we closed the hiring for the season this year, but you know, um, this manager, you know, still, you know, wanted to move forward with your application. I've never seen this happen before. We've never hired after we've closed off the hiring before. So when I got into his office, he sat down and he goes, you know what I got to tell you? He goes, I saw that on the application that you could live in the store. He goes, I, there was so much energy which shot out from that application. I just had to meet you. And Like, there's a difference. You can tell the difference between somebody when they're being, like, to the the core authentic in what they're saying. And, you know, when you work in retail, like, it's a sales environment. And so... I I know, though, I was not being sold at that moment. Like, it wasn't coming from a manipulative side of him. He, honest to God, meant it. He's like, I had to meet you. But it also told me something about him in the fact that... He mentioned energy, which is like totally my language. Like listen to the previous podcast. One of the ones I just did a couple ones before this one right here, we were talking about tapping into or dialing into and latching onto your energetic frequency. So now this is a man that I can work for because he understands how to read energy. And in fact, he did it on an electronic application to the point where he was willing to consider hiring an associate after the cutoff 
of application for the season and brought me in as a very, very last minute addition to the staff. And I'm telling you, it has been for me next to working in the emergency room at Loyola. This has honestly been, I guess working at Loyola in general, um, this has been one of the best professional moves and personal moves I have ever made in my entire life because I'm getting to see the inner workings of a business whose culture completely resonates with me. I am learning from the best of the best. Everybody in our in our whole entire store, like we're the number two store in the company, in the nation, in the United States, and like everything about it, and nobody's perfect, right? But we're like this giant family and we work so well together and we have seriously like a ton of fun. And that translates out into the customer experience. And so I'm telling you, when it comes to like taking your game to a different level, what do you have to do to separate yourself from the average Joe? You have to get around winners. And here's, okay, okay, so now we're gonna get back into like what started this podcast idea tonight was I went into one of our competitor's stores. Um, the where our store is positioned, it's in like a giant, kind of like an outdoor mall, strip mall kind of a, a situation here. We're a standalone store, but um, there's other home goods stores there and like some high, high, high end and high name ones. And all of our customers, what happens is that they're loyal to like the same brands. And so they go over to our competitors, like we all know, like they shop at all of our stores or whatever, but a lot of them come in our customers and they will say, Oh my God, I just came from this other store. Nobody said hello to me. I was standing in line for a half an hour, the worst customer like service ever. And Sometimes, you know, when you hear customers complain about things, you say to yourself, they're probably exaggerating. It can't be that bad. I mean, maybe is this really this bad? And so I had to go over there and find out myself because I seriously, like, I got hired at, at Crate and Barrel for that one season, but they asked me to stay. So it's been a little bit over a year since I started working there. And so I've been hearing the same thing from all of our customers, like how terrible these other stores are. So I thought, you know what, I have to just go over there and see this for myself. And I kid you not, I walked into the store and for real, I was the only customer in there. So there was two people towards the back. I think they were doing some type of a training or something like that. And nobody else said anything to me. So I'm walking around, I'm in the store a good 15 minutes and I like their stuff. So I was looking at things or whatever. Nobody said anything to me. And then this woman comes from the back and she was carrying something. And I said hello to her. She, when she answered, she was like, hi. Like she, it was like that. What is that sound? I don't even know what the word is. Like, like she was bothered by the fact that I spoke to her. And I'm telling you, that's so not our culture. And it, it, it took me aback because I was like, how do these people stay in business? <laughs> like, do you not like sales? Like, do you not understand like what's happening with retail? Like, what is, I could just hear like Dr. Phil, you know, Dr. Phil, I just heard his voice like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. Our customers are totally right. Like, 
it's terrible over there. Like, what are you people doing? But I was thinking to myself, well, you know what? You go ahead. You keep on treating your customers like shit. And we're going to keep on taking care of your customers. Like, because it's going to be good. What do you do that sets yourself apart from everybody else is we have tremendous customer service. And that's one of the key things that if you do not have, let's say, a tactical skill right now, some of your soft skills, if you would, are actually some of the strongest skills that you can have. And customer service is going to be one of those ones. And customer service shows up in a lot of different areas. And again, I invite you to go back to our podcast. It's episode 104. It's going to talk about, you know, creating a wow experience for your customer. We do the basics, you know, how to dress, um, your appearance, you know, even hygiene, how that affects the customer experience. You know, how does customer service, if you're into like the sales aspect of it, you know, if you're the business owner or you're studying business, you're an employee, whatever, is that customer service that you deliver, it impacts your customer acquisition, your customer retention, your overall sales. Like it's a big, 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 it's a big, big, big point. Like I can't say that enough. Like, and it becomes a part of you that even when you're under periods of stress, you know, how, or or pressure rather, how do you channel that so that it doesn't become stress for you? You're able to take any situation and spin it so that your customers leave or your clients or your guests or your patients leave much better than when they walked in the door. Okay. And that's if they come in in a bad situation. Obviously, if they come in in a great mood, like you're going to send them out in the clouds because they're going to be like overjoyed with your, with your level of customer service. Now, here's another place that it shows up. It's obviously, you know, you see it when you're in a brick and mortar institution, but what I'm going to challenge you and invite you to see now is one other thing that happened this week is that, um, I still hold on to my nursing licenses and I still keep in touch with recruiters because I do like to do time to time some contract work in nursing because it's my industry. I mean, let's face it. I invested 20 years of my life and they're like, I, I like to go in, you know, do some work and, and I like to, you know, still have that financial, you know, benefit of, of doing contract work. And I know, you know, working for an organization, maybe right now that may not be the best choice because I, I honestly, I feel bad. I know how much it actually costs to hire an employee. And I would hate to be that employee that incurs a lot of cost for an employer if my heart is not in that job. So I own that 100%. So I I keep, you know, all that stuff current so that I can, you know, jump in, you know, get my hands dirty, get my nursing fixed, and I can can leave if if need be. So this past month, um, let me backtrack, this year has been my, my goal is monetization and profitability. And I don't care how the money comes as long as it's ethical, okay, legal and ethical. But what I'm doing is I'm, I'm making a lot of moves foundationally that I wasn't open to considering in years gone by. And one of which is actually re-upping with an organization and becoming a full-time employee. It's, it's, on, my, it's on my radar, okay? So I was on different um, search engine sites for jobs And one of them I actually 
have my res two of them, two social media sites I have my resume posted on. One is LinkedIn and the other one is Indeed. And I was scrolling through like all different jobs from writing to, um, I did, I somehow nursing came up. It wasn't my initial search, but it was, I think I was just checking to see what nurses were being paid. I think that's how that started. And I came across this job, which was listed as what's called a rapid response nurse, which means if somebody is like sick and dying in the hospital, like, and they're not in intensive care, like, and they're not in the emergency room, but like they're on a regular patient floor, you know, they're change of you know terrible proportions for the worse in their condition like you come and you're able to stabilize them and you know you do resuscitation or whatever and then you take them to their final destination whether it's ICU or probably the morgue if it doesn't go so well and um that's totally the ER side of me coming out but for me transactional nursing like that has always been one of my strengths because I do love to take care of really, really, really sick people. So for me, I didn't like the intensive care unit setting because you, you hold on to those people for so long and their level of sickness was not as high as what I like to take care of. So I learned like a lot about myself when I was applying for different jobs and, and seeing, you know, talking to my agencies and things like that, that I, I knew this. But I love taking care of like the sickest of the sick. Okay, whether that's illness or traumatic illness or combination of the two, like I know not everybody is built that way. I am the sicko that just, I've been given the gift of being able to withstand like immense pressure, make high level executive decisions for the betterment of my patient or patients and, and take them to a better place, um, you know, physically, you know, in terms of, of how their, their, their wellness is. And, um, I don't like to carry those patients for a long time because being in those situations, it's very emotionally taxing because with that, you see some pretty bad stuff, okay? You see the families, you see people who are victims of like violence and blah, 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 blah. So anyway, I like this transactional nursing thing. So this, this job for rapid response comes up and it's been a while since I've done that level of nursing, but I know what I bring to the table and... I know that I so over-prepared for my jobs and my role as a flight nurse, like, there's still, most people still can't even touch me. I Like, I know this without a shadow of a doubt. This is not, that's what I know. So I put this application through to this particular um, hospital system, and I got a pretty timely response back. And again, we're talking about separating yourself from the average Joe. And I'm going to talk about how the difference with this organization was different, not myself, okay? So I get this notice back from somebody at Human Resources, and, you know, we schedule a time um, where she's going to call me. And the day and the time come. Okay. And it's like five after the hour, the phone's not ringing. I'm checking my phone to make sure that it's working. Did it, did I miss a call? You know how you get kind of nervous like that. And it's 10 minutes after the time when this woman was supposed to call me. And I was sitting there and I was like, is this a test? Is she like, is she testing my swooper? Like 
capabilities here. Like a swooper, when you're a swooper, you just come in and you handle shit. Like you just come in, you take over the situation. We don't ask for permission to touch the patient or, you know, take over CPR or do like, we just basically come in, we take over and we kick you out without telling you, we just take over. So it's called being a swooper. So I was thinking to myself, this is a rapid response. Maybe Maybe she's testing my swooper. So I was like, screw this. I'm calling her. So 11 minutes after the hour, I call her. She picks up the phone. She's like, I'm on the other line. Can you please hold? So I said, okay. So she comes back on five minutes later and she says, oh my God, Nicole, I'm so sorry. I was talking with the manager of the cath lab and then she paused and I knew like, it was bad. Whatever she was dealing with, like she was dealing with some shit. And I said, girl. I said, it's okay. You're among friends. I said, is there anything that you need to clear before we move forward with this interview? And she knew what I was talking about. She goes, no, I'm good. Thank you for acknowledging that. Let's, let's talk about you. So we, it's that one little step that you can take to initiate that level of connection and move people from getting probably their butthole ripped open on one end and like helping them step into your presence and present so that you can have a very positive interaction with that individual. Okay. So that's a skill. You're going to be able to learn that over time. Now here's where it gets really good. So this woman says to me straight off the bat, she says, Nicole, I got to tell you, I saw your resume or I've seen, what did she say? I've seen your resume for a long time on LinkedIn and I've been wanting to talk to you. I'm so glad that I get this opportunity. Thank you. And she honestly meant it. And I'm telling you as the person on the other side of the phone call, and I'm not telling you that to impress you. I'm just impressing upon you. For me to hear a recruiter say that this woman saw my resume, whenever this was, okay, something flagged something with her and it's a great resume. Like I, I put in the work to make a stellar career for myself. I own that 100%. But she made note of it. She's thanking me for the opportunity to consider stepping into her organization. Okay? For me, that was worlds away from what I had experienced in a lot of my nursing roles over the past couple of years. It was very disappointing. I felt like there was no respect for nurses. That was one of the reasons why I left the industry. And it was, it was so disheartening to me. But this kind of, this like sparked like a newness, like, hmm, maybe I was just working in the wrong places, blah, 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 blah. And so we had just a phenomenal conversation. And at the end, she was totally honest. She said, you know what, Nick, I got to tell you. She said, everything on here, like you are a hundred percent on point. And then she even asked me, she goes, what have you been doing with yourself since this last date on your resume? Like we got to make up these gaps in your employment history here. What have you been doing? And so I said, well, I did this baking thing and then I, you know, it's organizational leadership and, and, you know, consulting for different, you know, things, blah, blah, blah. She goes, okay, this is great. She said, there's one problem though. Like this is going to be the problem is that you have been away from the bedside for so long. I don't know that this is going to be a high enough sell. I'm going to present this to the manager. I'm ready to hire you right now. 
I'm, I just, I see this as being a problem. And I so appreciated her honesty. And quite honestly, like I knew it too. It was not secret. Like let's call attention to the elephant in the room, but she handled everything with such high class and a high level of professionalism. And no, I was not accepted for the job. Like, and again, it wasn't a surprise. The contrast was this. I found a different opportunity within the same organization. Okay. And I applied for it and I got a, you know, email back from another individual in human resources and we established a time for us to have this interview. So it was actually kind of like the same thing. 10 minutes after the hour, no phone call. I'm sitting there and I will be the first to say like, I wasn't as jazzed about this other opportunity because the patients just aren't as sick. Okay. But you know what? Again, I'm, I'm mapping out new trajectories. I'm remaining open. I'm remaining coachable. Like I had a great experience with this last recruiter. Maybe this organization is different. I don't know. So 15 minutes go by, 20 minutes go by. And now I'm thinking to myself, like, this is just poor form. Or maybe something happened to this lady, okay? Because, like, that whole side of me comes out, like, maybe, you know, she had a family emergency. Maybe she, I don't know, she got into an accident or something like that. Like, this this doesn't match the experience that I had with the previous recruiter or this other, or her communicating with me and setting up this appointment. So it's 25 minutes after. I did not call her. I sent her an email. I said, you know, I just want to check in, make sure, number one, that you're okay. But number two, you know, we were due to talk, you know, 25 minutes ago. Would you like to reschedule? And she emailed me back and she said, this is all she said, sorry, I got caught up. And I'm telling you, I didn't have to read anything after that email. It was like... (laughs) that's all I could say. Just like speechless. Like here's this other woman. We had a situation. Yeah. She was, you know, getting, you know, her, you know, what ripped open by a different manager. Like, but she apologized for it. She made it right. She moved herself to being present and prioritizing the person who was on the other end of the line to make that, that interview a positive experience because she's a representative of her agency. She's the first line entry point that any employee makes to move into that organization. Just as one specific hospital, but also as that entire system. Whereas this other one, and whatever happened with her, I don't know. This is not casting, you know, the judgment that she's a bad person. Who knows? I don't know. I don't really care. The point of the matter is what do you do as a professional when you are on the clock, when you are the lead person, when you are representing the organization or that agency Do you separate yourself from the average Joe or do you allow yourself to, you know, drop down to levels that leave a bad taste in people's mouths? And maybe people don't even know, like, that's what I found that most people when they're operating low level, a lot of times they don't even know it because that's all that they know. But When you have a very positive customer service experience or you have an experience with somebody who over delivers or just like their character, how they are in conversations, their level of energy, like you're like impressed by this stuff. It's those things that that cause you to like, I want to be 
like that person. I want to be able to handle a situation like that person. Okay, because I like how it feels being on the receiving end of it. Do you see what I'm saying? And now you're able to like study that individual and you, you remember like, what did they say during the conversation? What did they do? You know, how did they handle the situation? And success leaves clues. So, I mean, you don't have to look very far. You can look within your own organization. You can read biographies and autobiographies. I mean, you could just do Google search, you know, any number of things to find out, you know, what separates people from the average Joe it's having that instrumentation inside where you say, you know what, we can do better than this. I can do better than this because everything, it, everything rises and falls on leadership. So it, and it, it starts with you. You can't wait for other people to motivate you. You can't wait for people to hold, you know, punitive consequences over for you to actually move the needle on your level of performance or productivity or, you know, what you're doing. You, there's, there's the job to keep people engaged in a common mission, but it's still your responsibility to be raising the bar and showing up as your best self. Do you see what I'm saying? And so while some people may be wired for that insatiable, you know, hunger for greatness, as, as I know that a lot of the sports greats do, they also have coaches who drive and fuel that fire that's burning inside them for them to become their very best. Does that make sense? So it's not beyond you is what I'm here to tell you. That it's not just because they were born as Michael Jordan. It wasn't because they were born as Oprah Winfrey. Those individuals, who they became is not who they started out. They started out as having failures. They started out as being fired or being cut. And because of that, it was that aggravation and it was that I I refuse to accept these circumstances as my end destination. I'm going to do whatever it takes to become the best and dominate my space. Okay? And that's that is having that drive to do something and, and separate yourself from the average Joe. And then we get into legacy. So my question to you is. What area of your life do you want to see the best and biggest results in? Like what drives you? What fuels you? What is this thing that you're, you are attempting to, to champion that's going to separate you from the average Joe? Did you pick something? Is this a New Year's resolution? Is this health and fitness? Is this your finances? Is this how you show up in your relationships? Pick one thing and get super, 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 super good at it. Super good at it. Read about it. Study it. Practice it. Okay? And what you will find is that your progress will be so exponentially. This is like compounding effect. It will be so exponentially greater. You won't even know. You won't even be able to recognize yourself 12 months from now. That's how fast your growth can be when you commit to the end goal and you throw every single ounce of yourself and every single piece of effort that you have into achieving that higher, that higher level. Don't be afraid of it. It's within you. It's, it's 100% within you. 
All you have to do is allow yourself to tap into that and allow yourself to crest and become that individual who, in my opinion, God designed you to be. So with that, we're closing out for the evening. I thank you tremendously for joining us on this evening's podcast. Again, my name is Nicole DeVincentis, and this has been the Transformation Gold Podcast. If there's anything that we can do to support you, your personal professional growth, that of your team, your agency, your organization, please contact us directly. We coach and we train anywhere in the world. We can come and see you via plane, trains, and automobiles. We can definitely do live FaceTimes. We can do Facebook, um, Skype, you know, you name it. We can, we can accommodate you. It's up to you to decide, you know, what do we need here in order to take our game to the next level? And I encourage you to think of us. Thank you for joining us tonight, everybody. Make it a great night. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.